Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, September 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Global dealmaking eases to the slowest pace in more than two years. Volkswagen is gearing up to fight the largest legal claim in modern German history. And the FT's George Parker unpacks what's been an already busy party conference for the UK Conservatives. Plus, it's been five years since Hong Kong's umbrella movement. We'll hear from a protester who took part in the territory's last major pro-democracy campaign. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Dealmaking around the world is slowing down. Global M&A has fallen 11% so far this year to $2.8 trillion. That's according to new figures from Refinitiv. Many of these deals have been megatransactions, those greater than $10 billion. They've offset a broad decline in dealmaking among smaller companies, as well as a bit of a drop-off in private equity buyouts. A deal between tobacco groups Altria and Philip Morris International that would have been worth $200 billion was recently abandoned following shareholder criticism. The three months to the end of September was the quietest quarter for announced takeover since the middle of 2017. Dealmakers say this is the tail end of what's been one of the strongest and longest deal cycles in history. And several of those dealmakers say there's still considerable room for expansion thanks to low interest rates and easily available cash to finance deals. But a partner at law firm Paul Weiss told the FT that fears of an economic slowdown have shaken the confidence of CEOs and directors, who are playing wait and see until geopolitical and economic uncertainties are resolved. Volkswagen is facing a legal claim of historic proportions. More than 400,000 German car owners have signed up to a collective lawsuit over emissions test cheating. It's the largest legal claim of its kind in modern German history. Just last week, German prosecutors charged VW's chief executive, chairman, and former chief executive, accusing them of withholding information from shareholders about the carmaker's emissions cheating scandal. The scandal has already cost the carmaker more than $30 billion. Lawyers for Volkswagen are confident the collective lawsuit will be dismissed, but it's difficult to see how this will play out. The case is the first time the country is using Germany's declaratory model action. It has some similarities to U.S. class actions where lawsuits are filed for an individual acting on behalf of a group. The initial oral hearing of the case will be held today. And yesterday, Prime Minister Boris Johnson kicked off the UK Conservative Party conference under the slogan, Get Brexit Done. The conference got underway despite MPs rejecting the Johnson government's request for a three-day parliamentary recess. Our political editor, George Parker, has more. There are two wild cards to watch out for here. The first is that the House of Commons is still sitting during the Tory party conference, so there's a possibility that opposition parties could try to move a vote of no confidence in Mr Johnson while his party is 200 miles away in Manchester. The second thing which is occurring slightly off stage at the moment is uh, an allegation by a Sunday Times journalist that Mr Johnson groped her uh, at a private dinner um, a long time ago, I think about 20 years ago. And unusually Mr Johnson has come out to say this allegation is untrue. I think we're going to be hearing quite a lot more about Mr Johnson and his personal conduct and his private life over the days ahead. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Over the weekend, protesters in Hong Kong had several especially violent clashes with police. 
Protesters threw Molotov cocktails and vandalized government buildings. One witness even said police at one point fired a warning shot with live ammunition. Violent protests have become a common scene in the financial hub in 2019. Demonstrations have been going on regularly since June in response to a controversial extradition bill. But on Saturday, protesters gathered for another reason. The 28th of September marked the five-year anniversary since Hong Kong's Umbrella Movement, which was the territory's last major pro-democracy campaign. My name is Ben. I'm a Hong Konger, and I'm now an actuary. Ben is a demonstrator who took part in the 2014 protests and is now part of the current protests. He asks that we only identify him by his first name out of concerns for his safety. Five years ago, Ben was referred by a friend to work with Benny Tai, a law professor and pro-democracy activist. Ben helped Tai set up public deliberations for people to express how they felt elections should be run. It was the beginning of the umbrella movement that have made Hong Kong on the headlines of global newspaper. This was happening just a little after China's National People's Congress delivered what's now known as the August 31st decision. It said that no more than three candidates could run for Hong Kong's chief executive role, and only then after being nominated by a mostly pro-Beijing committee. It essentially made it impossible for critics of Beijing to run. On September 28, 2014, Ben was one of tens of thousands of protesters demonstrating against the Chinese plan for electoral reform. When I was in the front line on that day, I have never been standing so front, so I had no idea at all. The police fired tear gas upon us, and the tear gas canister landed right next to my feet. I didn't know what was that. I only felt like I was almost fainting, and I kept running. Fortunately, someone saved me. He was a fellow protester. But even though the protest got international media attention, Ben says the movement was ultimately unsuccessful. The selection process is not only still in place, but it led to the selection of Hong Kong's current chief executive, Carrie Lam. And Ms. Lam had been the one pushing for the extradition bill for a good portion of this year. People did not have the momentum to keep occupying a few sites in Hong Kong. So after the failure, people were all devastated, including myself. My feeling was that I saw no hope in Hong Kong. Ben says that over the past five years, he thinks there has been an acceleration of the erosion of democracy and basic human rights in Hong Kong. He had stopped participating in the social movements that were taking place. Until earlier this year, when he saw a video clip on YouTube. In the clip, a youngster actually asked a question. What have you done before 2047? 2047 is when the One Country, Two Systems agreement that was struck between Britain and China will expire. It is very thought-provoking because I kept asking myself, what have I done? Have I done enough? Because by that time, probably I'll become an old guy. But for these youngsters, they will be in their 30s. So do they just wake up and find out that they are already living in a totalitarian regime in China? Ben says he's joined most of the protests that have taken place this year, but he's made some compromises. This time, I do not have the courage to stand in the front line. I only have the courage to stand by the frontliners because I am scared of being caught and I don't want to face the 10 years uh, imprisonment in jail. (laughs) 
Activists are expected to continue demonstrating even though the controversial extradition bill has been withdrawn. And mass demonstrations are expected tomorrow, October 1st, to mark the 70th anniversary of China's communist rule. The FT's Alice Woodhouse recorded Ben and all the sounds from this report. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.